What is up, everybody? Back with another podcast. This is the first episode of season two of the podcast. I'm going to do some Timberwolves topics today, and then we're going to end it out with a 14-pick mock draft as the draft lottery was just um, on Wednesday. So, I mean, I mean, actually, Tuesday it was on, it was on Tuesday. So just recently that happened. So I'll have a 14-pick mock draft for you guys, and yeah, let's hop right in. So let's start off by talking about the Timberwolves losing their first, I mean, their pick. Um, it was a top three protected pick that was sent to the Warriors for the for the, in the Andrew Wiggins-DeAndre Russell trade. So unfortunately, we lost that because the pick did not fall top three. To me, that pick was more of a luxury. I mean, we didn't need the pick. It would have been super nice to have it. But I really feel like we have our talent right now. So it's it's definitely not even comparable to last year's because last year, we had, you know, Towns and Russell, and we didn't really have a great third talent after that. I mean, Malik Beasley's awesome, but you really want three amazing, strong options if you want to build a championship uh, team for the future. And now I feel like we can have that with Russell, Towns, and D'Lo. And then Malik Beasley's the fourth option. I think that's a really good, you know, <clears throat> top four. And then you got Jay McDaniels coming up also. But hey, at least the pick did not, you know, get up to number four. Because then the Warriors would have been guaranteed at least like a Jalen Green type player. And that would have just absolutely sucked. Um, and yeah, you could you can already tell how Warriors fans would be feeling about that. But yeah, it was unfortunate that we lost it. And the Warriors now will have pick seven. Um, you'll see who I pick there later in this video for them in the mock draft. But there's some good prospects around this range. I think there's a little bit of a drop off after the top six guys. But there's like a Davion Mitchell around there. Maybe if they want to go for Keon Johnson or a Moses Moody, someone of that, someone of that that nature. So we'll see what happens with that pick and the Warriors. But yeah, that kind of wraps up. Timberwolves lost the pick. Some people have been asking the question: Will the Timberwolves trade for a pick in the offseason here? Because currently we don't own a draft pick at all. Our second rounder is with the Thunder, so we might want a pick. I don't think we need to get one because we're still the second youngest team in the league. So it's not like we absolutely need it. Um, if, if Rosas really likes somebody like in the second round, I could see him making some sort of trade to acquire a second round pick to draft a certain player. And you could maybe invest a guy like Culver for that. I would be completely on board to do that because then with Culver, you can dump like $6 million and then get that pick. <clears throat> so... I think that would be a win-win scenario for us. And overall, I just I can't really see us moving into the first round because if you want to move into a first round type situation with a pick, then you're gonna to have to invest a lot of, you know, talent or just picks in the future. And I don't think Rose has to be willing to do that, um, especially because we want to go in the opposite direction with our age. We want to get older. As like I said before, we're the second youngest team in the league at 23.9 average uh, years of age. So we need to get older. Um, it's it's time to see what we can do with Culver and Rubio and all those guys that are on the, the trade block, in my opinion, because they could definitely be worth some high-end picks in this year's draft. It just depends what other teams value them at. At the end of the day, the Timberwolves still will bring in rookies, um, we're going to pick up some undrafted free agents for sure. As most people know, there's only 60 players drafted a year. 
So there's always, you know, some good talents that, you know, should have been drafted that are in the free agent market. And if we go back to 2019, we can think about, you know, Nas Reed. We, Nas Reed wasn't drafted. We picked him up as an undrafted free agent, which is crazy because he's one of our big role players now that actually has a nice future on this team. And I think we all know how good he is. He's our backup center currently, and he started a good amount of games this year when Towns was hurt, and he's just filled his role really well. Um, we overall would like to fill the summer league roster also because, I mean, just look, looking back at this year, when you look at the all-rookie first team, Jay Sean Tate wasn't drafted, and he was an all-rookie first teamer. So it's like you can find those guys, develop them properly, and they become better than most players in the class. And that's kind of what we did with Nas Reed. And that's what the Rockets did this last year with Jay Sean Tate. Um, so we'll see what we do with that. I could see us bringing in one or two, maybe three young undrafted guys. Um, usually the chances are they don't work out, but you always have to take a chance because you never know when you're going to land that Nas Reed type guy. Or like I was talking before about Jay Sean Tate. Like these guys are extremely talented. And you, you have to take risks on them. I mean, it's not even a risk, though, because they're not going against... Some Some you can sign for 10-day uh, contracts also. But overall, I feel like we should just try to get some of the top undrafted players and put them through our summer league program. And if they work out, hey, maybe they can somehow make the roster or they can be a top talent on the G League squad. Now let's talk about the Timberwolves uh, potentially filling the new assistant coaching spot soon. As we all know, or most of us know, Vanderpool and another assistant coach parted ways with the Wolves a few weeks ago. Vanderpool, the notable coach in that um, parting, was our old main assistant coach next to Saunders and Finch last season, and he was our overall defensive coach. And the Wolves just recently fired their G League Iowa Wolves coach. So it seems like overall Finch wants to implement his own staff, which makes sense. I could see him wanting to move on from a lot of the Ryan Saunders guys um, because it, ma- it makes sense why a new coach would want guys that he thinks alike with. And I think that's overall his plan just to bring in new, fresh, um, you know, coaching and just people that think like him overall and just, you know, work with him the best. I kind of question the move to fire the, fire the G League guy. I mean, yeah. They went 1-11 last season, but they've produced talents down there like Nas Reed, Jordan McLaughlin, Jalen Noel. So it it's like those three dudes are all good rotational players on our lineup now, and Nas Reed and Noel especially have tons of potential to become potential starters for even other teams in the future. Hopefully it's with the Wolves, though. Um, so I, I kind of question that move. I mean, the Iowa Wolves, really, they suck this year. But the Iowa Wolves also produced, um, you know, Charlie Brown Jr., who signed a 10-day and eventually ended up signing with the Thunder this last year. And um, there's another kid from Iowa that we developed, and he signed with the Pistons. I can't remember his name exactly. Tyler Cook. It's Tyler Cook. He was phenomenal, in my opinion. I thought the Wolves should have brought him up. So, I mean, it's not like they haven't produced talent. I feel like the thing at the G League is that you have to produce talent for the NBA, and I feel like that coach did what he was supposed to, and he did it better than most G League coaches. So I really question that decision. And if you want to know who the Timberwolves will potentially bring in, 
to fill that assistant coach role um, that you know Vanderpool had. Micah Nori is the front runner to take that over, according to Darren Wolfson. Um, it's trending in the direction that he will become the Timberwolves' new assistant head coach. He spent over 12 years as an NBA assistant coach, and I think he'll work well next to Finch. This last season, he worked with Dwayne Casey, who is a phenomenal coach, and he did most of the stuff offensively for the Pistons. So we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm a fan of that. There were some other dudes that I would like, like to bring in, but a lot of those dudes are running for head coaching jobs, so I understand why we wouldn't get them. But I'm pretty happy with that. Um, it looks like he will most likely become the new assistant coach, and I'm all for it. All right, now let's break into the long segment of it's it's mock draft time. I'm breaking down the first 14 picks of the draft, and then we'll end off this podcast. A little bit of a quicker one today. I don't know how fast, how long this one's going to be in total. Maybe around 20 minutes. I'm thinking about making one close to an hour in the future, but I just need more topics to talk about. I also should mention um, right before that Anthony Edwards and Nas Reed both are going to be playing for the U.S. Select team. I forgot to mention that in this podcast. And basically what that is, is they'll be playing against Team USA before they go to Tokyo for the Olympics. And yeah, I think they should have a lot of fun there. I think they'll get a ton of experience, and I'm a big fan of those moves that they, um, like, I'm really proud of them for going there, especially Nas Reed. I was not expecting him to go there. It makes sense why Ant did it, but I'm, I'm pretty shocked that Nas Reed is going um, because the select team is always pretty talented also. So it's really nice to see him going there. But let's start with this mock draft. Pistons won the draft lottery. This pick's super easy for them and for me to make. It's Cade Cunningham. It's it's not even up for debate. It's going to be Cade Cunningham. You already saw his reaction when the Pistons won. You know, he knows he's getting drafted there. Everybody knows he's going there. He's been the number one for a good amount of time now. And yeah, he's going to have he, he's going to be the leader of that Pistons team really quickly. Next up, number two with the Rockets. I'm going with Jalen Green. He's my number two prospect. Um, he's the best scorer in the class. In my opinion, he's Zach Levine 2.0, um, except for he looks a little better coming into the draft than Zach Levine did coming into the draft a few years ago, back in 2015-2014 range. I can't remember exactly what year Levine came in. Um, I feel like it was a debate here between Green and Mobley, but I kind of like the idea of Green a little more as he is higher up on my big board for prospects, and I feel like the Rockets might have him higher too, so that's a little bit of personal opinion and a little bit of what I think the Rockets would do. Next up for the Cavs with the number three overall pick, I am going to go with Evan Mobley. I feel like they might trade Jared Allen if they do this, but I would rather trade Jared Allen than trade Colin Sexton or Darius Garland because that's what you'd may, you maybe have to do if you drafted a Jalen Suggs right here. But Mobley is a massive defensive stud, but I do question Mobley's offensive motor to be a leader and that kind of gives me questions because of some games he had like against Gonzaga where they were getting blown out. He didn't really take assertiveness and want like really wanted to dominate offensively. And I kind of look for that for these top prospects. He just didn't provide that. But defensively, he's all that. Um, I could see him averaging two blocks a game right away as a rookie. Now for the Raptors at pick number four. This one's easy. Jalen Suggs. 
He's an absolute perfect cultural fit all the way around, you know, good two-way talent. He is the best leader in the class, and it's not even close. He's a former high school quarterback from Minnesota, by the way. Quick shout-out there. Um, But maybe he could work kind of shooting a little bit. His shooting's not a problem at all. I think he'll replace Kyle Lowry because I do think Kyle Lowry will evidently end up leaving the Raptors, Um, so they're going to have to replace him with a new stud guard. Now for the Magic, I'm going to go with Jonathan Kaminga. Um, I feel like I would take Kaminga here, even though I think Scotty Barnes is better, because Kaminga has more potential, and I feel like the Magic have a nice long timeline so they can spend enough time developing Jonathan Kaminga's talent. Because Kaminga coming into the draft, he's really young. He's one of the youngest players, if not the youngest player in the class, still at 18 years old. He's really raw overall. Um, and really just he had a really inefficient season with the G League Ignite, and basically his biggest thing was just driving downhill with his head down. We'll see how well it works in the NBA. I think he's got one of the highest highest ceilings in the class, but it's just if the the right team has to come along to take him. I feel like the Magic could be that right team. Now for the Thunder, I'm taking Scotty Barnes. Pretty easy pick here. I think there's a little bit of a drop-off here after Scotty Barnes, talent-wise. Um, he's the best transition player in the draft. He's a six foot nine forward that played a lot of point guard with uh, Florida State University last year. He's an interesting player. He can't shoot too well. That's something he's add on. I feel like he'll be around the high 20, low 30s for three-point percentage. It's not like he can't hit open shots. It's just that he's not the best at them. Like he's not a li- extreme liability from deep. I would consider him a little bit of a liability right away, though, um, from deep. That's kind of what holds him down. But he's a, one of the best passing forwards in this draft. Um, I mean, I, I'll just say passing big men as a whole, and he is the best transition player. Now for the Warriors, I am going to take Davion Mitchell. This is a tough pick. I couldn't see too many things, too many other things working out. Moses Moody would be kind of nice too, but Davion Mitchell is the best perimeter defender in the draft, 40% from three, um, was the best player on the national championship team, and he is a little bit older, so that makes his floor a little bit higher, but his upside isn't the, the highest because of that, because he's already had that extra two, three years of development compared to some of these dudes in the, in the draft. Um, now number eight, the magic, Moses Moody. Fantastic uh, three-point and defensive wing. One of the younger players in the class also. I I think he just turned 19, or maybe he's still 18. I can't exactly remember, but he's one of the younger guys in the class. Uh, Helped lead Arkansas. Obviously not the best basketball program in the world to the Elite Eight. I thought that was pretty big and pretty awesome to watch. Um, But just overall, I think he can be the ultimate role player year one already for the Magic, and I feel like that's what they need big time. Obviously, the Magic are not going to be anywhere close to the plan next year, but getting a guy like Moses Moody would be really sweet. Number nine for the Kings, I'm going to go with Kai Jones, another player that has one of the highest ceilings or most potential in the class. He's only played basketball for like four years. He started playing basketball when he's 15 years old, so you already know at that point when he's only played for four years, he's got a lot to learn still, and the fact that he's already this good says a lot. He's already a lob threat, and he's just an overall player that really 
shows why some players' stats don't reflect talent. Like he's getting eight points a game. That doesn't reflect his talent at all. Like Car Anthony Towns, I can remember maybe he's getting like 11 points a game in college. Like that's not the biggest stat you should look at when it comes to, you know, college talents. Now for the Pelicans, I'm going to be going, this is uh, pick 10, by the way, for the Pelicans, James Buchnight, super talented scorer. He'd be a sweet fit around Lonzo Ball and Zion Williamson. Hoping to space the floor a little better. Um, I don't know exactly what position. He'd probably be a shooting guard. His efficiency needs to needs a little help, but that's all right. I don't know if he'd come off the bench right away or not. He probably would. I mean, I'm not I'm not too sure if they will keep Lonzo Ball on that team. I might have to make some free agency podcasts um, making prediction on that, but I think it's more likely that they keep him not, even though I feel like he does kind of want out. Because honestly, with Lonzo Ball, I feel like he has better opportunity with other teams like the Knicks. I feel like he would work better there. I mean, he fits the Knicks' offense and defense, too. He's a good defender. Um, and he's definitely better than Frank Nidakila. Now with the Hornets at number 11, I'm going to be drafting Alpernin Sanguin, the best post-scoring player in this draft. They need, they need a big man really desperately, like Cody Zeller. Um, really not good at all. They maybe had the worst big man rotation in the NBA last year. And you have a lob like a lob threat like Lamella Ball or a guy who can throw lobs all day like Lamella Ball, you kind of want a good big guy. I mean, Singwen isn't really a lob threat at all, but he's just one of the best passers in the class when it comes to uh, big men passers. And obviously the post scoring is really good. So hopefully that can open the floor up a little bit more for Lamello. And it might hurt Miles Bridges a little bit, but I think you got to work around what's best for Lamello. Now for the Spurs, I'm going to be going Trey Mann, one of the more underrated guards in this class and one of the best shot creators in this class. Um, if I were the Spurs, honestly, I'd probably trade back with this pick because I don't think there's too many needs up here that you would take. I would trade back just a little bit, maybe like six spots, see what you can get, maybe get a solid role player from a different team. I feel like that'd be the best option, but I'm not going to do trades in this mock draft. But overall one of the best shot creators in the class, and I feel like he'd be a good addition to the Spurs. Now the Pacers. The Pacers actually just recently hired a new coach um, just maybe three hours ago. The old, I mean, not the Celtics coach, but the old Mavs coach, Rick Carline. It's like a four-year, $29 million deal, so that's pretty cool for them. But in this mock, I have them taking Keon Johnson, Extremely athletic. I believe he actually just set a combine record of 48 inches, uh, maybe yesterday or today. Like he's just so athletic, fantastic defender. He does need to add to his shooting shot grade a little bit, but just his pure athleticism shows his upside, in my opinion. And I like his, I just like his talent overall and his perimeter defense is another thing that stands out. So I think he's gonna be a really good player in the NBA. It's just about a just about fit for him, honestly. And now for the Warriors, I'm taking Corey Kispert. I feel like he's the perfect fit for that team. Perfect role player around Clay and Curry, because um, Clay's gonna be coming back next year for the Warriors. The Warriors spacing was really bad last year, and I feel like Kispert opens the floor more. He is the best shooter in this class, in my opinion, also. So that's gonna it's gonna be really interesting because I've been taking Davion Mitchell earlier in this, and Davion Mitchell in college was one of the best shooters also. 
So you could really be running the lineup of Stephen Curry, the best shooter of all time, Clay Thompson, probably the second best shooter of all time, um, and then Davion Mitchell, Corey Kispert, and Jordan Poole. That's a small lineup, but that is probably the best shooting lineup I've ever seen in my life if they actually use that. Like, that's just absolutely insane, the amount of offensive upside they could have. But the only problem is you really only bring that lineup out if you're playing a small ball team. But, hey, that wraps up the pod. It's a little bit of a shorter one, but thanks for listening. Um, I'll try to do maybe once a week with these pods. I just need to have enough topics to talk about to extend the time to, like, 20 minutes long. Um, But, yeah, that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Peace.